From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Wednesday, November 23rd. The designation of Bears Ears as a national monument will do much to conserve the area's dramatic landscape. But there's another characteristic which tribes are pushing to protect. It's sound. Justin Higginbottom reports. I'm walking with Lewis Williams on the rim of a canyon in Bears Ears National Monument. He's showing me the cave tower ruins, remnants of ancestral Puebloans who once lived here. Down the canyon wall is a spring. Springs are very sacred places. That's where the ceremonies were conducted. You can just make out the sound of trickling water over the wind. Oh, damn. Come on over here, you can hear the water. Williams is Navajo and grew up in the region. Now he runs a tour company called Ancient Waves. For him, the unique soundscape of this area is important. A trickle of water or the echo of a raven off the canyon walls. This new 1.4 million acre monument in southeastern Utah will be co-managed between federal agencies and the Bears Ears Intertribal Coalition. That commission is made up of representatives from five tribes with historic ties to the area. Hopi, Zuni, Navajo, Ute, and Ute Mountain Ute. As part of a proposed management plan, those tribes are not only trying to protect the landscape of the area, but also the soundscape. Protecting natural soundscapes, especially for some tribes for cultural reasons, like because certain ceremonies need to be performed during, during certain times of the year, is critically important to the protection of the monument as a cultural landscape. That's Hillary Hoffman, co-director of the Bears Ears Intertribal Coalition, which provides support to the commission. A proposed management plan by the tribe says the sounds of nature should remain pristine, and notes that from a Hopi perspective, quote, sounds and vibrations give life, and it is through vibrations that one can hear and connect with the spirits. But it's not just a need for there to be silence and quiet in the monument for the sake of the plants and animals and the ecosystem of the monument, but it's also important because of the human interaction with those natural ecosystems in the monument. Hoffman has a lengthy history in the field of indigenous sovereignty and natural resource law, and she says efforts to protect the soundscape of such a large area of federal land would be unique. So the federal government has only, I would want to say in the past 20 years, begun planning for preservation of resources like dark night skies and silence. And tribes have been doing that since time immemorial. The National Park Service does regulate acoustical environments within parks. But with growing populations and increased travel, parks are getting louder. A 2019 study found human-caused noise was audible in 37% of a survey of recordings taken at parks. A 2017 report found doubled background sound levels in 63% of U.S. protected areas. Craig Childs is an author who has spent a lot of time roaming around Bears Ears. He's become increasingly interested in the acoustics of this landscape. I mean, you hear thunder out in the canyon, you know, count the number of canyons based on the, the echoes coming back. 
Childs has even found a connection between the placement of rock art and a canyon wall's ability to reverberate sound. It's not that the echo will always take you to rock art because you're, you're hearing a lot of echoes, but sometimes you hear a really sharp one that's, that really seems to be focused. And, and you know, there are times that I've followed that and there's been, there's been art, you know, petroglyphs, pictographs, something on the wall. He's encountered whisper galleries where, if he plays his flute in one alcove with rock art, friends can hear it clearly half a mile away in another spot with rock art. He's found that walls with painted hands are especially acoustic. At first, he thought it was all a coincidence. You know, you go into a cathedral and listen to music that's echoing through the halls, and you, you can say, do you think they built this because of the acoustic properties? <laughs> You know, do you think this was intentional and, you know, or is this just a byproduct of monumental architecture? And, and I think that they're, they're both probably true. For many, that's kind of what Bears Ears is, a natural cathedral. The proposed management plan notes that in Hopi culture, the month of December is known as the month of respect. And winter is known as the quiet season, important for ceremonies. It's a season that the tribes will now fight to protect. Justin Higginbottom for KZMU News. The LGBTQ community nationwide continues to mourn after a shooting at a gay nightclub in Colorado Springs over the weekend. A 22-year-old gunman killed five patrons and wounded at least 18 others around midnight on Saturday. The deadly incident took place just moments before the start of Transgender Remembrance Day on Sunday. For Rocky Mountain Community Radio, KVNF's Lisa Young spoke with the founder of Delta Pride. Javi Sines shares these thoughts. I am Javi Sines, also known as Xavier Van Dyke. I am the founder of Delta Pride, a drag father, a father, a friend of the community, and hopefully a friend of yours. Um, um, November 20th is a day that our community has already set aside to mourn the loss of our transgender siblings that have been taken too soon. And yet again, our community was attacked and even closer this time in Colorado Springs. A bar, Club Q, that I have frequented, that I have taken my friends, my family to, that I've performed at, that I've done pageants at, that I've, you know, met lifelong friends at. Those people were in a war zone today. And that war zone was created by hate. We create our own safe spaces to avoid this. We create our own churches, our own families, our own memorials, our own events, our prides. And when you ask us why we need pride, this is why. It should be a safe space. This person came into our safe spaces and they took lives. And I fear maybe I shouldn't do these shows anymore. Maybe I shouldn't hold these prides anymore. But you will not keep us silent and you will not scare us back into the closet. And we will stand close together a little bit tighter. And we will love each other a little bit more. But when our school board members and our elected officials in this area write us off and tell us that we are too triggered, that we are too sensitive, and that we'll be okay and just go by that name and just go into that restroom and take it, you are planting that thought in their head and you are putting the bullet in that gun. I beg you, I beg you, stop this hate. 
educate people, love one another. You can reach out to people at Access Mental Health, 970-247-5245. You got the Trevor Lifeline, 866-488-7386. Trevor Chat, text TALK to 741741. You can find me on Delta Pride or on any social media on TikTok. I'm a small town trans man. I'm here for peer support. I'm here for you. Bless you all. Be kind. Delta Pride founder Javi Sines spoke with KVNF's Lisa Young following the deadly shooting at Club Q. That story was shared with us via Rocky Mountain Community Radio, a network of public media stations in Colorado, Wyoming, New Mexico, and Utah, including KZMU. And that's the KZMU News for Wednesday, November 23rd. Get your community-powered journalism Monday through Friday at noon and 7. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.